Well, again, I want to welcome you to our online service. It's great that you have joined us. Uh, just really appreciate your heart for, in this unique way, getting into God's presence in your homes or wherever you may be. And um, just hearing again and knowing again the presence of God, hearing his voice, being with him, honoring him with this time. Welcome everybody, whether you're from our church family or whether uh, you're not, we're just really glad that uh, all of you are uh, joining and that we can uh, enjoy the message and the songs, the goodness of God together. Before I preach, let me pray. Lord, your word is truth. It brings us life. It brings us joy. It brings us hope. It brings us challenge. Uh, it brings us love. In these few moments, Lord, that are to follow, we pray for the still, small voice of God to speak into our lives. Lead us forward, our God, we pray, into a deeper relationship with you, a more profound understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. And let our lives reflect the reality of our love for you and the priority that we give to you in our experience. So bless us now, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I spent some time uh, thinking about my life this week, examining actually how I have lived my life, looking for what I'm going to call today lived priorities. Our series is called Singularity, uh, the idea of the primary practices in life that, that grow out of the priorities that we hold. And I want to tell you a little bit about what I saw as I examined my life over this last week or two. One of the things that I, I, I found myself doing is working in my backyard, cutting grass and killing dandelions, you know, those blasted weeds that make things look so bad and watering flowers and all those sorts of things. And I thought, why? Why, why have I done that? Why do I do that? Well, essentially, it's because I think making things look good like that is important and I enjoy seeing things in good shape. Uh, there's a priority there for me. There's something of significance and importance. Another thing I've noted recently uh, in, in my home is the whole dynamic of keeping my vehicles clean. We've got a couple of them. And I've discovered that I'm the only one in my family who has any concern at all about clean vehicles, cars, and so forth. Uh, the others really couldn't care less. It's not an issue to them. It's not important to them. Uh, but I care. It's important to me. Uh, to the extent that I'm able to keep our cars clean. So we wash our vehicles. How about this one? Lots of time at work this week. You know, Wednesday night we had a, a session meeting, a meeting with our elders, got together, doing the work of the church, trying to give it good leadership. That's important. It's significant. It's a priority. Sermon writing. As I've mentioned recently, it keeps happening, and I keep doing it because what I'm doing right now is important. It's a priority, so I give myself to it. And all the other tasks that I have to engage, I do what I do at my work because it counts. It's a priority. Last one. Uh, last August, or maybe September, I told you that uh, in my summer holiday, I fell on my back and I tore my QL. It's a large muscle that goes from the bottom of your ribs to the top of your hip. And uh, I was in tough shape. I probably couldn't lie on my left side for two to three months in bed at night. It was sore, but it gradually got better and it got better. And I just thought if I rest it and wait long enough, it's going to heal entirely. Well, about a month ago, I tried to pick something up that was fairly heavy and I did it with a bit of a stretch. 
And oh, there it went again. And I decided, boy, it's time to take care of this. I'm going to go to the physiotherapist, and I'm going to get this fixed. I gotta, I've got to heal properly. So twice a day now, I'm doing my physiotherapy exercises, both stretching and, and muscle um, strengthening exercises. Why do I do it? Why do I care? Well, it's important. I don't want to go on and on with this sore back. I want it to get better. I care about that. You see, we live our priorities. What I'm describing to you, I'm calling lived priorities. These things that are important to us form our lives. And I think if you'll think about it in your experience, the same is true. You have lived priorities. Well, we're going to take another look today at a story from the life of Jesus. When he, he gives us a priority, he calls us to a priority. And this grows out of his teaching again about the one thing that we're called to similar to what we heard from Christ's teaching last week. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 18, verses 18 to 23, first of all, and it says this. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Here, though, <clears throat> the one thing that the rich young ruler, we call him, lacked was a priority that Jesus was essentially defining for us in this experience. And it was demonstrated that he lacked this one thing when Jesus asked him to sell everything and give all that he had to the poor. And note the words, then follow me, Jesus said. First do this, then do that. A lot of people think that this one thing that Jesus was talking about was um, him actually selling everything. Um, many fear when they read this story that maybe that's what Jesus is asking me to do and as such they don't tend to take his words too seriously because that's just too much. But the reality is that that way of looking at the text is not really getting to the heart of it. It's not accurate even. What Jesus was asking this young man to do was make Jesus himself the, this young man's priority. Make me more important uh, than anything else. Um, give away what you've deeply valued, what you've loved. Get beyond it so that you can give me that priority in your life. This ties so well into what Jesus taught in Matthew 5. We studied this about a month ago. When Jesus said, you can't love God and, you, and money, it's one or the other. You'll love one and you'll hate the other. You'll hate one and love the other. It's the same discussion that is this, this young guy is being drawn into. He even says here, as in Matthew chapter 5, that give your money to the poor and lay up treasure in heaven. It's the same teaching that Jesus is giving. But you see, this young man couldn't do it. Uh, and in refusing to do what Jesus asked him, he lived out his priorities. He demonstrated what was most important in his life, most important to him. <clears throat> and it was not to follow Jesus. It was his wealth. It was not the person of Jesus and what Jesus spoke into his life. It was his wealth. What he lacked, essentially, 
was putting Christ first. Making Jesus and his relationship with Jesus more than anything else in his experience. That is the one thing Jesus said he lacked. And that is the one thing Jesus calls us to. Now, this teaching is consistent in Jesus from beginning to end. Let me read the rest of this passage to you and and, and illustrate that for you. Verse 24 to, to verse 30. Jesus looked at him, the rich young ruler, and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Um, Leaving behind things that are important to us, um, engaging in that practice I want to suggest to you is in the nature of following Christ. Did you hear that? Leaving behind things that are really important to us is in the nature of following Christ as we live for him as our singular priority. You know, let me illustrate this from other teaching of Jesus really quickly. Do you remember Jesus was describing the kingdom of God as a a precious pearl and a treasure hidden in a field. When people discovered the pearl and the treasure, they went and, note this, they sold everything in order to buy the pearl, in order to buy the field in which the treasure was buried. They gave up everything to take hold of that reality. That's what we do when we find the kingdom of God. Everything else takes second place. Matthew chapter 18, someone wanted to follow Jesus, but he asked first, can I go and bury my father? Now what he was actually speaking to there was, can I go and care for my elderly father until he passes away? Then I'll come and follow you, Jesus. Jesus' response was um, pointed. Some might even think harsh. But he said, let the dead bury the dead. You follow me now. It's remarkable. I have to be first in your life. Following me must be the preeminent priority in your life. Luke 14, 26. Unless you hate your father, mother, wife, children, brother, and sister, and even your own life, Jesus says, and here's the quote, such a person cannot be my disciple. That's striking. And of course, we're to love everybody and we're not to hate people. What Jesus is saying is even those people who are so important in your life have to take second place to me in terms of priority. You have to love me so much. You have to prioritize me in your life so much that these other persons take a lesser place than me. Jesus is saying to follow me, I have to come first in your experience. You need to make me and my will your priority beyond all else. Nothing comes before me. Nothing. So to grapple with this, I would suggest we have to ask the question, is there anything 
in our lives right now, which is of greater importance, which is a greater priority than Jesus? That's a penetrating question when you really begin to process it. Jesus is asking, am I number one? Is there anything that rivals me in terms of priority in your experience? And second to that, am I then willing to let that thing go if indeed it exists in order to follow Christ? See, that's exactly what this rich young ruler was confronted with. Am I willing to let go of my wealth? Am I willing to let go of this thing that it has been and continues to be of greatest importance to me so that I might follow Jesus and make him my priority? And another way to phrase this is this, is my life completely committed to Christ? Does he come first? You know, I, I want to bring this to you. I want to teach you these things from, from Jesus' teaching because I think what I'm describing from Scripture is not well understood, quite frankly. People want to be like the rich young ruler. And by that I mean they want to have other priorities that are greater than Jesus, but they want to follow him also. <laughs> but this was not something Jesus was willing to accept. You see, it really doesn't make sense in Christ's mind, in God's mind, and it shouldn't make sense in our minds to put God somehow in a secondary role in our lives. The God of heaven and earth has come into our lives, and it doesn't make sense to prioritize other things over him. Somehow that, even that thought is out of alignment with the reality of who God is. And Jesus says to us really clearly in this text and in other texts that I've referenced, that can't happen. Some people might think, well, Jesus isn't really asking me to give up something that is that significant to me, that is of that importance in my life, that if I were to give it away, if I were to move beyond it, would radically and dramatically change my life. That possibility often isn't even considered. But I want you to think about this young man. And I want you to think about how his life would have changed if indeed he had sold everything he had and given it all to the poor and had gone along with the other 12 disciples to follow after Christ. His life would have been changed completely, remarkably changed. And I want to tell you, my friends, there are times Jesus asks us to change and to let go of alternate priorities. And we will see our lives dramatically changed. It's, it's not out of line with this teaching for that to be considered a possibility. It needs to be considered a possibility as we study this text. See, Jesus is saying nothing in your life if you're following me, can be more important than me. Not your money, not your family, not even your life can be your priority compared to the priority that I am in your life. Well, application of this teaching, some of it's really easy uh, because it arises out of the text immediately. Now, we've talked about this 
example a fair bit lately, and I'm not going to dwell on it, but you read the story and, and you see immediately that one of the applications for us is the potential of having wealth or money is our priority, even more than Jesus. Um, but without having to give everything that we own away, which is not what Jesus asks many people to do, if Jesus is a great, the greatest priority in our lives, I want to tell you, we will see that priority lived out in our experience when it comes to how we handle our finances. There will be a lived priority at work in that area of our lives. You know, we will become people, for example, who give to the poor. If you've ever wondered whether you should give to the poor, read the story. If you ever wondered whether Jesus deeply was concerned for the poor, read this story. He was, no question. You know, we probably will become people of incredible generosity if this lived priority is in, in existence in our lives. If Jesus comes first, we'll, we'll have his heart and we'll have his mind and we'll just give freely and, uh, and gladly. We will become people who give with great joy. It'll give his joy to bless others from the resources we have. And we probably live priority. It'll be demonstrated by us starting to learn, a little, uh, learn to live a little more simply. Um, being a little less covetous and envious of other people and what they have so that we have to have it too. Being more content with what we have. Um, slowly moving towards simple living. So, that is there for us. But how about this one? If Jesus is our first priority, that is the one thing that we live by, that'll bring change to our relationships. I'm thinking that it's very possible to place a relationship above Christ. I'm thinking of young people dating, and I'm thinking of a relationship that might not be honoring to Jesus, and I'm thinking in the physical realm, of course, it can be in other realms also. But if Christ is your first priority and you somehow can't get beyond that dynamic, it's probably time to move beyond the relationship, to let it go. Because honoring Jesus, living for Jesus, Jesus being your priority would determine that reality. I think about the relationship of marriage, and we've spoken of that recently. How we have to submit to one another out of reverence for who? Out of reverence for Jesus, our greatest priority. And, you know, it's possible to be that self-oriented and, and eager to have my needs met. And we've, we've talked about this. But I want you to serve me and I'm not going to give up that demand for me to be at the center of the world and for others to serve my needs. No, I want to tell you, we can move beyond that. We can get rid of that. We can deprioritize that as we embrace the heart of Jesus and start to love our husbands and our wives being good to them, giving up our interests, our desires so that they might be blessed. You see, that is honoring Jesus. That is reverencing Jesus, to quote Ephesians. That is putting him first. But I want to tell you, in order to do that, very often we have to give up old priorities, move beyond them. Hmm, how about this one, pleasure? You know, it says in the New Testament, I believe in one of the epistles of Peter, that in the latter times, the end times, uh, that people would become lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Think about that phrase. Lovers of pleasure rather 
than lovers of God. What about the idea, my friends, and I'll use this just as an illustration about giving up a Sunday morning golf game in order to come into Christ's presence and worship him. You see, I think we're in a day and age when people almost don't think twice about giving up the, the worship of Christ for the sake of something else, whether it be golf or going to the beach or whatever it might be. But my friends, I got to tell you, we have to give up other priorities and we have to put Christ first and we have to meet him in the place of worship, not giving up as the scripture says, meeting together regularly as some are in the habit of doing. We have to prioritize Jesus by, by, by prioritizing the worship of Jesus, which he calls us to where we meet him. You know, very simply the idea of behavior which obviously grows out of a heart condition. Um, there's some people, you know, who um, can't find it in themselves to speak honestly. Uh, they live by deceit, by lying. When Jesus calls us to truthful speaking and to truthful living, he is the truth. He defines truth. <laughs> and to live... With him as our priority, we will engage truth. We'll be committed to it. And some of us need to give up that practice in order to put Christ first in our lives. For some people, it might be the idea of greed. For some people, it might be the idea of unforgiveness. You know, holding on to a grudge. I'm not going to let go of this thing that which I have against you. But Jesus says, forgive people who have wronged you. Let it go. Get rid of that priority so that you might put me first. How about this one, finally? The priority that sometimes we hold of comfort and of convenience. This has relevance for the present-day church. You know, sometimes it's not convenient for us to prioritize Jesus. Sometimes it's not comfortable for us to prioritize Jesus. You know, it's not convenient for me to serve in the church. I am so busy in other things. You know, it's not comfortable for me to go in our contacts downtown Woodstock in order to care for the marginalized and the broken and the hurting. Don't ask me to do that. It's not comfortable for me to share my faith with people. They might mock me. They might reject me, and that would hurt. And we, we prioritize comfort. We prioritize convenience over the call of Jesus and his will for our lives. You know, I was reading a book by Francis Chan lately. Many of you will know Francis Chan, another great author, wonderful guy to read if, or listen to, excuse me, if you wish. Um, and he led his congregation a while ago through a study of suffering in the Bible. Um, and he noted for them how suffering happened in the lives of the people of God over and over and over and over and over again from beginning to end. It's part of their experience. And the conclusion that he draw, drew was that it is normal to suffer as we follow Christ. It is normal for us not to have a life of convenience and not to have a comfortable life if we are faithfully following Christ placing him as our priority, serving him in the way that he calls us to, building the kingdom of God in this world. See, in the end, the question becomes, are we 
completely and fully committed to Jesus? It's a powerful question, which I pose to you today. Out of this text, it's essentially what Jesus was saying to the rich young ruler. Will you commit your life to me? Will I be your priority? Will you let nothing be more important in your, in your, in your life and in your experience than me? Jesus said. And are we ready then to let go of anything which we might place as a priority over him? Something of greater value, something of greater significance, something of greater commitment. You know, we have to be serious here. And we have to recognize what Jesus was saying. If you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to sell all and give your money to the poor, if you're not willing to, and you fill in the blanks, I've given lots of examples, and Scripture has too, love me more than your wealth, love me more than your family, be more committed to me than anything else. Jesus was clear and to this young man, you can't follow me. Luke 14, I quoted it to you. In, 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 the, in the reference that I gave earlier on about hating father and mother and so forth, Jesus concludes <clears throat> that statement by saying, if you, if you cannot do that, you cannot be my disciple. It's powerful. It's significant. We have to hear that. We have to understand the nature of following Jesus. And in the nature of following of Jesus is letting go of all other priorities so that Christ might come first, that he might be our singular priority, his will for us, our following him faithfully day by day. So at the end of this uh, talk today, I just want to ask you with hopefully lots of grace and love, what is it that you need to let go of today? It's not just a one and done thing. This continues to happen as we move through the Christian life, as we mature, as we grow We've got to identify these things, and as we identify them, and as we're called to it by Scripture, we have to let them go. Now, I trust God by His Spirit has been speaking into your heart and into your mind over these last few minutes, and that you now know what it is that He wishes you to let go. Now, it's possible to refuse. The rich young ruler refused and walked away sad. But it's also possible to place Christ in the only place that we can give God in our lives, and that is first place. It's possible to move toward greater and greater and greater levels of faithfulness to Jesus as we journey with Him in life. It's possible to put the Lord God first. And in so doing, and these are the words of the story of, 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 of uh, the rich young ruler, the words of Jesus, to take hold of eternal life. You see, true faith, as it grows and it matures, it leads us to this place. And it is this which we do because of what we have come to believe. So I ask you today, how can you live for and honor Jesus as Lord? It's the same thing. It's a different way of saying the same thing. So many of us come to Jesus as Savior and we're blessed through forgiveness and we're blessed by being related and, 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 and brought into a relationship with God the Father through Jesus. But we not only come to Jesus as Savior, we come to him as Lord. We give him that place in our lives where he is primary above all else. 
We can make Jesus the greatest priority by letting go of what previously has been most important to us. We're going to pray. And I'm just going to give you a minute or so in God's presence to sit with him. If you know what you're needing to let go of, this is an opportunity for you to do it. If you don't know what that is, you can sit quietly and ask God by his spirit to speak into your mind to tell you what that is and just wait and to listen and, 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 and to note what thoughts come to your mind. It very well could be God speaking to you, letting you know what you need to let go of. But I also want to give you the opportunity and maybe the challenge to consider the possibility, if you have never done it before, to completely and fully commit your life to Jesus. You see, this is, this is the heart of the faith. It's not just, just believing. It's coming to that place where our lives are given to the Lord Jesus so that we'll do what he calls us to do. Rich young ruler, he was called. We'll go where he wants us to go, no matter what it might mean for our lives. We come to that place where Jesus is everything. Following him is everything. Living obediently before him is everything. And if you've never committed your life to Christ, I challenge you to do it now. I challenge you to come into his presence and tell him, Lord Jesus, everything that I have is yours. From this day forward, you will be my greatest priority. I will live first and foremost for you above everything else. This is my heart before you today, my God. So let's pray. And uh, let's just take about a minute or so, maybe a little more. And I invite you, where you are, mostly in your homes, I assume, with other people, probably, possibly, but just close your eyes in God's presence and think about what it's time to let go of. If you don't know, listen for it. If you've never committed your life to Christ, enter in. Enter in fully to the eternal life that Jesus calls us to. So let's pray.
Lord Jesus, there are lots of things which we love, but we're to love none of them more than you. There are lots of people whom we love, but we are to love none of them more than we love you. There are many priorities which we live by in our lives. But Lord, we recognize today that there are to be no priorities which are greater priorities than you in following you. And our God, we just thank you for this, this scripture, this word of God that has come to us today, this call um, from Jesus into our lives that we might realign and set things right with you. And God, my prayer is for everyone who listens today that as they consider these things, as they have spoken with you in the silence of prayer, as they consider yet what they might do in terms of their priorities, in terms of committing themselves fully and completely to you, God, guide these people and bless them with wisdom and with understanding with grace, with truth, that they might choose the way of following after Jesus in the way that he describes it, in the way that he defines it, in the way that he requires it. Lord, I realize that for people to do this, to respond to you in sincerity and faithfully, faithfully, Lord, it will change people's lives. New lived priorities will begin to show some favored and important activities may need to be let go of in order to embrace new ones. There will be change of heart, Lord. But God, as people follow after you in the way that you define it, as we follow after you, Lord, we pray that as we do so, we truly will enter more fully into eternal life this life with you that is to be characterized not always by ease or comfort or convenience, but, Lord, characterized by peace and by joy, by goodness, by grace. Lord Jesus, unlike that young man of so long ago, help us to take hold of what we can take hold of in this life and to live in relationship with you in such a way that we know the fullness of life in you. So God, give grace and give wisdom, give courage, give faith that we might respond to this sermon today, this word spoken from Scripture in the way that you call us to. Let us make you and the priority of you in our lives that one thing that is central to who we are. This we ask our God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today, my friends, you've uh, been challenged by the teaching of Jesus. But you've also been invited into something incredibly good. And my prayer for you is that you will know um, the grace and the wisdom to embrace that opportunity. And that that will lead you into the goodness of life with Jesus that you might know. Don't be like the rich young ruler. 
Don't do that. Give your life fully to Jesus. Make him your greatest priority and, and encounter the life that he has for you that you might know. So God bless you. Um, thank you again for being with us. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you soon again. Amen.